Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. All right, all right. Well, how's everybody doing today? Yes, all right. You didn't know that was the cue. That's the cue for you to tell me you're doing good by letting me hear you. Uh, So let me try it one more time. Let me hear you. How's everybody doing today? Praise God. Praise God. Well, welcome to Renew Church again. If this is your first time, my name is Pastor Trevor, and I'm so, so thankful that you're here. And uh, Merry Christmas to all of you. Like I say, in the room and those that are online, we're just glad that you're with us today. Well, let me start with a familiar passage of Scripture. It's a Scripture that you would hear oftentimes on Christmas. So let's just read it together. It's Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. There was nothing for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Usually I stop there. I'm going to read one more verse. On the eighth day, when it came, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was given the name Jesus, the name that angel had given him before he was conceived. Let's pray together. God in heaven, again, we thank you for this day. I thank you for each and every person here and those that are online, I pray, O oh God, that you administer to hearts and lives today. And I pray that this would just be a message that encourages, that challenges, that calls us to what it is that you want from us. What you, what you want to do in our hearts and in our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. amen, amen, amen. Well, you guys are ready for Christmas, aren't you? Are you ready for Christmas? Yes, you're excited. You just... You're, 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 you're going to Christmas, church on Christmas, you're experiencing the, all of that, and, and it just feels like Christmas. I mean, we woke up to Christmas temperatures, right? Even in Miami, 
in the 40s. And some of y'all are complaining about the 40s. Let me tell you, I had pastors texting this morning in a chat that I'm in that had to cancel church this morning because the roads were so bad. So if you're complaining about your 45 degree temperatures, you better suck it up, all right? Because they're doing like negative 45 in other parts of our country. Maybe not negative 45, but it's pretty cold in some parts of the world. You know, Christmas in, in, in my world seems to be for people who have everything and need nothing, isn't it? it, it like in, in America and, and maybe right here around me and my community and the people that I live and do life with, it seems to be for people that have everything and need nothing. What do you mean by that? Well, I've got a daughter, she's 12, and her grandpa came to town and he has been asking for the last three weeks, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? And this little 12-year-old is like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know why? Because our world is filled with people that have everything and need nothing. When I was a kid, it wasn't that way, though. I'll tell you that. Like, anytime they asked me if I wanted anything, it was always like, yeah, I got an answer for you. Like, when I was 10, I needed the Nintendo Entertainment System because that's the age and generation I grew up in, the, the 8-bit NES then at 11, I needed the Super Mario 3 and a mini pool table. At, at 12, I needed a Diamondback BMX bike with five-star wheels. At 13, I wanted Nike Air basketball shoes. At 14, I wanted Doc Martens in a flannel shirt. At 15, I wanted a pager. At 16, I wanted accessories for my truck. You, you get what I'm saying? 17, I wanted clothes. You see the evolution of what I wanted from Nintendos to, you know, where I am today, right? I still want stuff. But that's the way it is. But for my girls, for whatever reason... It seems like they have everything and they don't need anything. Or maybe they're just not as materialistic as their dad is, right? Christmas in my world seems to be for people who have everything and they need nothing. Even my little dog Trixie gets Christmas presents. But I promise you it doesn't come out of my budget. It, like literally Trixie is getting presents. She gets presents. She got a present in the mail from somebody in another state yesterday. And I'm like, what is this? This... Uh, you don't want to hear the story of Trixie the Mousy Poo, but if you want to pull her up on Instagram, it is Trixie underscore the underscore Mousy Poo. And, and let me just tell you, she has a lot more followers on Instagram than I do. It's unbelievable. But what is Christmas all about? Christmas is much more than just gift exchanges and presents. It's, it's more than our want for more stuff. It's even more than our desire to be with family and friends, although that's good. Christmas is about God's faithfulness throughout history. It's about how God has touched our lives with His love. So what is Christmas? It's not for people who have everything and, and need nothing. Instead, no, Christmas is for people who have nothing and need everything. Let me say that again. Christmas is for people who have nothing and they need everything. The people who have nothing. Can you imagine the mindset of God's people at the time of Jesus? Many uh, just generations before were hauled off to Babylon while others remained in the ruins of Jerusalem. These Jewish people, no matter where you were geographically, the, the, the whole world was out of control. Their homeland of Israel, once promised to their ancestor Abraham and his family, was destroyed. Their worship life was in shambles. The sacrifices they offered, which foreshadowed the work of the promised Savior, were no longer offered on the altar outside the temple. In fact, the temple built by King Solomon had been trashed and torched by the armies of Babylon. There had been an ache in the hearts of these people 
that were praying to God, you see, because they had nothing. Is this how God's promise to Adam and Eve, to Abraham and to David would end with a whimper in the desert of the ancient Near East? Of course not. Of course not. God is faithful. Isaiah 52, verse 7, what we read, it says, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. They were saying this to a people that had nothing, that felt like there was no hope for them. The God of faithful love and mercy came to his weary and lonely people with a message of good news. Your God reigns. God would make it possible for those exiled in Babylon to return home to Jerusalem. Pretty soon the Lord would grab reins of the world governments and would send the Persians to topple the Babylonians, enabling the Babylonian exiles to return back home to Jerusalem. He would establish peace and messengers ran ahead from Babylon back to Jerusalem, proclaiming this good news. Mom and dad are coming home. Babylon is conquered. The exile is over. What a message for these people that had lost their homeland. What a message that had been uh, uprooted from everything they knew and they had nothing. Families would be united. No wonder those messengers seemed to have beautiful feet. It was because what they were saying, what was coming out of their mouth was so beautiful. Their feet brought good news. We can relate to this greeting because in reality, we are a people who have nothing. As we stand before God, we see our sins are cause for a spiritual exile. God has every reason to cast us out of his presence, to send us away from his goodness. Adam and Eve took for granted the peace that was theirs in paradise. And as a result, we lack that perfect peace. In fact, we don't even deserve it. We, we don't even deserve the little blessings that God gives in our lives. We don't deserve our homes, our families, or our livelihood. We don't deserve this church that we sit in today. We don't deserve God's message of hope. The truth is, we deserve to be exiled to sin and death forever. That's, that's what, our, what our sin has earned for us. We too are a people who have nothing. Or we may have iPhones and Xboxes, Jordans and Coach Purses, new SUVs and Starbucks gift cards. We may have the things that provide temporary pleasure. And we might think that that's enough. Our hearts might think that it's enough to hear Christmas carols playing in the mall or to put lights on your houses and to hear, taste Christmas cookies or receive a Christmas card in the mail, but that's not enough. Such things can't fill our hearts with peace. It's at Christmas that many people feel depressed and alone. It's at Christmas that we miss loved ones who have passed away. The glitter of the holidays just isn't enough to keep peace in our hearts. See, that's not what Christmas is. For Christmas is nothing, and we have nothing if we don't have God's greetings of good tidings. The point that I'm trying to make to you is, is unless you have Jesus, you have nothing. Amen? Amen? Unless you have Jesus... You have nothing. Christmas is for people who have nothing. Christmas is for people who need everything. 
Christmas is for the people who need everything. The God of history, our all-powerful and merciful God, intervened in the world scene for us all. He made it possible for us to have peace. He gives us everything we need. Messengers have come to us and they are beautiful. Their feet are beautiful. The Christmas angel, he came to the shepherds that first Christmas. And he, what did they say? The very first thing they said, peace on earth. And God sends this greeting to us, peace on earth, mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. You, you know that song, you've heard that song, do you understand what he's saying? Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners, there's a reconciliation between God and sinners. It happens and it happens because of what Jesus did. Amen? It's the greatest gift that you and I could ever receive. Peace on earth. Mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. That's what Christmas is about, and that's what we need. God gives us what we need right here in His Word. He gives us a message of hope and, and love. He gives us the, the ability to receive it and to believe it. We've been given what we need. God has delivered us. That's the perfect gift. The Hebrew word for deliverance in this text is really the root of the name Jesus. You see, the name Jesus means, in the, in the Greek, it means he saves or he delivers. And, and that's why I wanted to go ahead and read that additional verse, because that was, that was what he was to be called. That was his name, Jesus, he saves. Jesus Christ is what Christmas is all about. He's the reason for this season. He's the son of God. Who came to trade himself up for us in life and in death. The one who had every right to condemn and exile us. Found a way to pardon us without violating his own perfection. Christ came to deliver us from the guilt of sin and the fear of death. He came to deliver us safely to his home in heaven. That's what Christ did. That's the reason for Christmas. You see, Christmas is all about needy people and how God has supplied all of our needs. And he provided the best gift of all, our deliverance. In verse 10 of Isaiah 52, it says, The Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all the nations. And all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. God has given us just what we need. And Isaiah 52, which was written some 700 years prior to uh, the birth of Christ, it says that God has, has revealed his holy arm. He lays bare his holy arm. And I, I think about this and I think about the, the, the cartoon that, that some of you know. If you're a little younger, you might not know, but your parents probably do. It's that cartoon called Popeye, Popeye the Sailor. You know, you know Popeye? Everybody remember him? Inevitably, inevitably, Popeye would find himself in a bad situation. He'd get beat up by Bluto and he'd be worn out and weak. So he would turn to his trusted can of spinach, right? And as soon as he'd eat the spinach, his muscle would grow. His strength would be revealed and it was usually pretty impressive. You remember some of those parts right after he eats the can of, of, of spinach? What happens to his arms? Like his... His, his muscles somehow like turn into like a, a battleship or a powder keg of dynamite. I, I mean, literally, his arms just start like going crazy. 
He's revealing his strength by showing his arms. Amen? That's what Popeye was doing. Much like Popeye, the scripture says, Isaiah says, God reveals his arm for you. God rolls up his sleeves for you. He reveals his muscle and he went to work to deliver you and I. He demonstrates his, demonstrates his strength, but it's not pictured as a tank, a mighty army or some cartoon-like superhero. No, our Lord unwrapped his glorious might by allowing himself to be wrapped up as a small child in swaddling clothes, placing him in a manger. The Savior laid bare his powerful arm by covering himself in flesh. He revealed his splendor and strength by living, dying, and, and rising for you and for me. Again, we hear the good tidings of the angels. The messengers have come to our hearts again and brought the wonderful news of deliverance from sin, death, and the devil. Every time we hear the Christmas message, God's good news greeting, we assured that we are not sentenced forever to live in an inside-out, upside-down world. In Bethlehem, God came to share with us, to assure us that He has a better life in store for us. A life forever in its presence. You see, Christmas is more than holly and tinsel, snow or children's laughter. Christmas is not for people who have everything and, and, for need, and need nothing. And again, there's nothing the matter with the things that we're going to do this afternoon and, and tomorrow. But Christmas is for people who have nothing and need everything. Christmas is God's good news, greeting a peace to a world of sinners. It's the good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Christmas is for people who need everything and have nothing. And that everything is Jesus. Amen? Christmas is for us. It's for each and every single one of us. One of the greatest verses of all scripture of all time, most quoted is John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave. That he gave. He's a giver. God is a giver. And he gave the greatest gift you could ever give. He gave of his one and only son. That's the greatest gift. That's the gift that hopefully each person within the sound of my voice, each person in the room today has unwrapped. But if you haven't unwrapped it, today can be the day of salvation. Today can be the day that you unwrap that personal gift for you. It's a gift for all mankind, but it's a personal gift for you. It's, it's not just a, the pastor prays over everybody and says, God save you all and you're saved. No, no, no. It's a personal decision that you make between you and God. And he offers it to you. He, he as I said last week, he stands at the door and knock. He's a, knocks. He's a gentleman. He doesn't force his way in. Nobody else can open the door for him, for you. It, it's because of you wanting and you desiring to say, you know what, I'm going to let Jesus be the Lord of my life. I'm going to let him in. I'm going to allow him to come in and 
forgive me of my sins and save me and make me brand new. Changing me from the inside out. No longer am I going to try to be filled by all these other things that just don't satisfy. You guys know stuff doesn't satisfy. Whether it's an Indian motorcycle or it's a, a, a brand new Xbox 750, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. It doesn't satisfy. It wears out. Right? It just wears out. It gets old. All those presents that I wanted from 9 to 16... I don't have those anymore. I don't care about those anymore. I don't want them anymore. But you know what I do want? I want Jesus. I need Jesus more than anything else. Would you stand with me this morning? One last story I want to share with you. It's a story I think I've, I may have shared it before, but it's a, a story that my friend Jay tells. And Jay, when he was a kid, he um, his grandmother used to... to give all of the grandchildren a hundred dollars at Christmas. My grandmother gave me five dollars on my birthday and nothing at Christmas, you know, and, and I was like, wow, a hundred dollars. But my grandmother had a bunch of grandkids. But he, she would give every grandchild a hundred dollars. This one particular year, and Jay always considered himself to be his grandmother's favorite. He kind of thought so. And getting older in, in life, he said, you know what, I, I really do think that, that that's true. Because there was this one year that uh, my grandmother uh, did not give me $100 in an envelope. Instead, she gave me this boat, this little wooden boat. And it was a boat that, that I had seen at my grandmother's house many, many times. And it's something that, that she, she kept there. And I kind of would admire it a little bit. And, and uh, I thought it was kind of neat. But it wasn't really something you play with kind of boat, right? But it, it was something, and it must have been somewhat special. And on this particular Christmas, everybody, all my cousins and my sister and everybody, they got $100, and I got a boat. It was the boat, but I, I got it. And, and when my grandmother uh, came to me, I, I, I didn't know what she had given to me, and he was like, is this it? This is what you have? This is what you're giving me? And, and she said, well... Would you rather have a hundred dollars? And this Jay, as a, a young boy, eight or nine years old, says, Yeah, I'd rather have a hundred dollars. And his grandmother began to kind of be sad and, and, and she cried. He tells the story of how she cried. Because he didn't realize he was breaking her heart when he did that. He didn't know what he didn't know what she was giving her. He didn't know what he had. Jay's grandmother's making me sad today. <laughs> ah. But now he tells the story to say, man, I wouldn't trade that, that little wooden boat for a million dollars. Now I know what I have. Now what I, I know what she, now that my grandmother's dead and gone, now I know what she gave me. And I'll never, ever take that for granted. I think that's some of us. You think you'd rather have a hundred bucks. You think you'd rather have just one more new thing, one more nice thing. And God is offering you the greatest gift, the best thing that you could ever have. And some of y'all are like, I'd just rather have a hundred bucks. I'd just rather have that thing. 
until you realize that that thing does not satisfy. Your heavenly Father, He's offering you the greatest gift, the gift that, that goes beyond this life for eternity. Do you know how long eternity is? My grandmother lived to like 93. That's not even a speck. That's not even a drop of sand on the ocean floor. Eternity is, there's no, it's countless. And he's offering it to you. And he's offering it to me. And so often, what do we do? We just trade it out. We just trade it out. Yeah, just one more, one more bad deal or one more dishonorable you know, decision. Come on. Make the ultimate decision today. Receive the greatest gift today. The gift of God's one and only Son. Amen. Christmas is for people who have nothing and need everything. And that's us. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? Oh God, we thank you for this day. I thank you for Christmas. I thank you for all the things that Christmas remind us of. Memories and uh, joys and just good food and fellowship and all of those things. But God, beyond those things, here and now, oh God, I pray that you just work in somebody's heart. Whether it's online or in the room, God, I pray that you'd work in somebody's heart to realize that the greatest gift is for, for those of us that we might think we got it all, but really we're lacking everything. We don't have anything. What we really need is Jesus, a relationship with Jesus, a daily walk, a daily talk, a, somebody that we can lean on when we're hard, hearts are heavy, when we're struggling. God, I just pray that we would be able to... Uh, be open to what it is that you want to do in our hearts and lives. For the person in the room or in the in, online, the person within the sound of my voice that, that's maybe saying, man, man, this message is for me. I've been trading a hundred dollars. I've been trading the material possessions. I've been trading temporary stuff for the ultimate gift for far too long. And today I want to receive the greatest gift. I want to receive what it is that Jesus offers. With every head bowed, I'm not going to call you out or call you to the front. I just want to know how I can pray with you and pray for you so there's no one looking around. But if God's speaking to you and you're today needing to say, here and now, I'm asking Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior. Whether that's for the first time or the 51st time, whether it's a, a recommitment to Jesus or you've never, ever said yes to Him, if that's you today, would you just lift your hand right where you're at so that I can see it? Praise God for you. Praise God for you. Anybody else? Praise God for you in the back. Praise God for you. Come on, let's give God a round of applause for what he's doing in the hearts and lives of people. I'm going to lead you in this prayer. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I'm going to invite the, the body of Christ, those that are followers of Jesus, to repeat this prayer after me. And if you're a, a brand new believer and today is the day you're declaring him as Lord, today I just ask you to repeat this prayer after me. It's less about the words. It's less about the things that we're saying. It's more about the heart. It's 
more about the, the decision we're making here and now to allow Jesus to be Lord of our life. So just would you pray this prayer after me? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me. I know that I'm a sinner, that I've made mistakes. I pray that you would forgive me of my sin, that you'd come into my life, and that you'd be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for dying for me. Today, I choose to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can I just pray with you one more time? God, I thank you for the hands raised. I thank you for the hearts that have been opened. I thank you for the work that you're doing in the lives of these, your people. Whether these are people that have been here for the very first time, or like I said, been coming here for a long time, and today they're just feeling a tug. Your Holy Spirit is drawing them and calling them and speaking to them. Whatever that is, God, just do a work in the hearts and lives of these, your people. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask Rebecca to join me up here at the front. Rebecca Jury, I'm going to ask... Uh, uh, Mikey, Pastor Mikey, to join me at the front. If you need prayer for anything at all, while we sing this closing song, if you guys would just make your way forward and allow uh, someone to pray with you, I'll be up here as well. If you need prayer, just allow someone to pray with you while we sing.
church Saturday morning Noche Buena Amen Amen you may be seated thank you all again for joining us my name is Pastor Mikey uh, man what an amazing service what an amazing time to just kind of set the tone for this Christmas holiday right remembering the reason for the season and just thankful that you guys are here worshiping with us and I just pray that you have an amazing amazing Christmas and as we as we want to be in the in the moment and 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 focus on Christmas and enjoy our family we just want to let you know about some stuff that we have ahead of us some things coming into the new year um, one of those things being a, a brand new series that we're going to start in January um, and we're all on different journeys throughout our life we'll go through different phases and stages and so in this next series we're going to be asking the question where are you as a matter of fact check out this video
So like I said, where are you starting in January? You're not going to want to miss it. Invite your friends, invite your family. It's going to be an amazing, amazing series to start the year off. Uh, we also want to let you guys know, maybe you noticed on your way in, we have that 65-inch TV out there that is up for the taking. All you got to do to try to win it is just enter a raffle. It's these tickets right here. You just see them in the lobby. Uh, make sure to get one on your way out. Fill it in. And here's the thing. This isn't the only opportunity. Um, the next two services, um, I'm to the date that we're giving it away, which is January the 8th. You're going to have a chance to put in another raffle ticket. And obviously, the more chances that you put this in, the more opportunities you have to win that TV. What a great thing right before Super Bowl season time. So make sure you do that. Um, we also want to let you know that on January 8th, not only, are, not only are we giving away the TV, but we're also going to be doing baptism that weekend. So if, if you want to get baptized, you've never been baptized, you're maybe new to following Jesus, or maybe, uh, you know, you're recommitting and you just want to kind of get things going in the right direction, we highly recommend that you get baptized. Baptism is that next step. And in, in once you believe in Jesus, it's, it's kind of like the wedding ceremony. And, you know, when you go into that water, it, it just symbolizes you dying to your old self, raising up to new life in Christ. You're letting the world know you're not ashamed of it. You're saying... I am following Jesus. And so we encourage baptism here. It's biblical. And, and, and man, we want you to consider that. If, if that's you, if you want some more information, come find a pastor. But you can also check out our website, renew.miami forward slash baptism. And you can register there if you're interested in that. Um, we want to let you know it's kind of obvious. But just again, there is no service here tomorrow. Do not come. You're going to be alone and cold. Okay? Don't do that. All right? Um, also, we're having just one service on January the 1st. It's going to be at 1035 a.m. So know that. Spread the word. Let people know. Just one service, January 1st, 1035 a.m. Uh, we're going to get into the offering portion, but I'd like to bring back up Pastor Trevor. So give it up for him. We watched as these families came and, and collected and received and, and one by one, they didn't just hoard like it was, they were so grateful and thankful. And then, and then somebody from a church that I know 
uh, reached out to me and said, hey, we got these brand new blankets. And how t- good is God, right? The timing like that, like it's freezing to death. I think we have another photo. We got like over 150 brand new uh, blankets in the box on Thursday. Uh, we delivered those to the same place, went back out and, and then Antonia, she sent us photos of all the people that she was able to bless with these these blankets, but just in time, right? So I just want you to know that when you give, you're helping us to uh, fulfill the, the, the vision of leading people to a renewed life in Christ. And that's going beyond even these walls. It's going outside of these walls. It's actually going to, we're believing for in 2023, um, Pastor Ricardo's not here in the room today. He wasn't feeling good, but we're believing for a Spanish ministry that will, will birth out of a small group that may build into a, uh, a church service. So God's doing some amazing things. And this might even be our core, some of the people that we're ministering to through our outreaches there. So God has been faithful because you're faithful. And I want to say thank you and Merry Christmas to you. Can we pray together and then we'll uh, we'll, we'll be dismissed. God, I, I, I just say thank you so much for your faithfulness to these, your people. I thank you uh, for, for their faithfulness. I thank you for the way that they, uh, they give and, and some of them sacrificially. Some of them I've seen and I'm like, wow, God, I just pray your blessing on them. I pray that you would just be with each and every person this season, God, those that are uh, whatever the, the, the feelings or the emotions that come with the Christmas season. I pray that, God, that they would just walk out of this room, though, experiencing uh, what comes with Jesus, the hope that comes from knowing Jesus, that, that he is our everything. We love you, Lord. We praise you. Uh, again, we ask for your hand upon us, your blessing on these, your tithes and offerings. Use them for your kingdom. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said... Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Thanks.